Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the Euro K Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried and Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. Hello, everyone. We are back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you again for being here. Again, thanks for the sponsors that I just mentioned earlier. Um, you guys are amazing. And I do appreciate all of you so much. If I could give you guys all a hug, I would because we are um, helping save lives with this podcast. And it's because of you, because you keep sharing it, you keep liking it, you keep referring people to it. So thank you so much. Continue to do that, please, because the more we can get this out there, I think the more lives that we can touch and hopefully save and improve and, and so on. And and it's also because of the amazing guests that I always have on. Today is going to be no different. Today we are joined by Dakota Mortensen. Dakota, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. This is like, yeah, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, no, it's good you. to have you. And, you know, Dakota has uh, quite the story. Um, he's been struggling with an addiction you know, since he was 17 years old. Um, he's now 29 years old. He had five years of sobriety, and we were just talking about this. He just recently had a relapse. I think he's going on five months right now since the relapse, which is great. We're going to talk about the relapse because relapse happens. You know, we wish it wouldn't, yeah. but it does happen, right? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. It's <laughs> unfortunately, like, oh, it happens, you know. And But you also feel like, uh, you know, it's been one of the biggest blessings in your life to going through this, which um, I totally agree with that. Um, you started your own tile company over a little over yep. a year ago and it's been really great. Yeah. You, but you want yeah. to give back. You want to help maybe even open your own rehab yep. and figure out a way to give back and help people because of your struggles. And I, I, and I think that's fantastic. You also want to get your pilot's license, yeah. fly planes. Um, you're also really into acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, you were acting. on the, uh, is it called the, the island? I, the yeah. island, right? <laughs> yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. Um, but like we said, he recently just had a relapse and it was, you know, he he basically says it was absolutely terrible and we'll get into that. But why don't we start, Dakota, with just tell us where you grew up and a yeah. little bit about your childhood. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, a town called Middleton, Idaho. It's about 40 minutes from Boise. Um, I actually grew up on a farm. Okay. Um, now the farm, farm I, boy. Yeah, so the farm <laughs> I grew up on, though, everybody's like pretty surprised about this, but it was a, it was a pheasant farm. So my dad oh, okay. raised 70,000 pheasants a year. So it was like, interesting. A, yeah, it, it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear that very often. No, no, yeah, it's so different. But it was, uh, yeah, it was a big, you know, it was a lot of responsibility. It was a lot of, uh, yeah, so just kind of like work for my dad all growing up, like ever since I can remember, kind of, it was just like, 
always working for him doing stuff. Yeah, I guess, you, you know, typically when you hear someone, they grew up on a farm, um, they learn the the principle of hard work. Yes. You feel like that that's one oh, of the absolutely. things Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, like, that's, like, how my, my grandpa was like that, my dad was like that. So they really, you know, pushed that for us to be that way. You know, even when I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I just remember on weekends, my dad would, like, come up, like, 6 in the morning, something would go wrong. <laughs> and I'd just be like, yeah, wake us up to go work. I was like, ah. Yeah, we got some pheasants on the loose. Yeah, yeah. We need your help. Get out here. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I um, Do you have siblings? Yeah, so there's five of us. So okay. I'm second to the youngest. Okay. Um. Yeah, and I come from a great family, like, parents are awesome people like my whole family's amazing right so yeah you know it's like one of those things you kind of feel like the black sheep a little bit you're like what what's going on here yeah right have, have but, you are you the only one in your family that struggled with addiction yeah okay yeah yes, so what else did you do as a kid were you like into sports or anything like yeah that, or? so i was a huge sports person um basketball was my sport yes so i was big on basketball but i played like all the sports growing up baseball um, basketball was one though that I was like in love with. I was just obsessive with basketball. Mm -hmm. And I think from early on, I could kind of see already like some of my, like I had very addictive tendencies just with things. Like I just like very hyper-focused with if I like all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. If I, I'm all <laughs> or nothing with something. And so yeah. at that time it was basketball. And so, okay. Yeah. I can relate with that. Basketball was my mm. passion. I was obsessed with it all or nothing. Oh, nice. And we have similar stories. I mean, I lost a basketball scholarship because of my addiction and oh. you can relate with uh -huh. that, right? Yes, absolutely. So you played, um, played basketball. So when did, I mean, maybe get into when it, you know, you yeah. started maybe dabbling in drugs and alcohol or whatever that may be and just kind of share that as part of your story. With yeah. Us. So, um, it's actually kind of just like funny how it started. Like I was at practice. Um, I had, I have really bad knees. So both my knees, like I had surgery on my left knee. Mm -hmm. Um, but they used to just hurt all the time. And I remember I was in practice and there was a kid that was like working out. Like I just kind of knew everybody in my school and I went over to get a drink and I was like kind of complaining about my knees. I was like, oh, my knees hurt. And he was like, oh, dude, take a pain pill. Like I have a pain pill. Take one of these. And like at the time, like I didn't know what it was. Like I had no idea. I was like pain pill. Like what is, what is it? Does it just help with the pain? He's like, yeah. So I like took it. And I remember I went back and practiced and I, like I had no pain. Your knees felt great. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. this is, I thought it was a magic pill. Like I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Like I didn't feel high or anything, you know, like I yeah. just was like. The pain's finally gone. The pain's gone. gone, yeah. Yeah. And then so right after practice, I text that kid. And I was like, hey, whatever that was, like, get me as many of those as you can. Yeah. yeah. And so, and he wasn't even like a, like a druggie or anything. Like, I don't even know why he had that. But, like, he was like, I don't really know where I could get them. But he's like, I know people that have surgeries, like, get them sometimes. So we, like, found a friend that had surgeries and went and got a bunch more. And the funny part is, is, like, the second time I used them, mm -hmm. I, I snorted it was like, I like, yeah, the kid like brought up how he's like, yeah, you can snort these too. And it like works faster. And it was just more of like a, you yeah. know, it was like in the moment of like, you just think it's funny, right? You don't know like the consequences yeah. of anything. Like I was just like, oh, that's hilarious. Like we're all like scared to do it. Um, and then, you know, I, I did it. And then I remember driving back home and that's when I experienced the first like feeling of being kind of high. Yeah. And the second I experienced that, I was like, like, I, I loved it. Like, it was just, it was like exactly what I felt like. I was like, you know, like 
it just like meshed with me so well. Right. Um, and then from there, yeah, that's kind of was there a part of you at the time too, like knowing that even though this feels good, but it's also this is kind of a slippery slope, or that it was bad, or that that did that not even cross your didn't even cross my mind. Like I knew it was probably like weird, right? Like I was like I shouldn't tell people I'm doing this. Yeah, but like so, which kind of indicates you knew there was maybe something wrong. Yes, totally. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I definitely knew like what I was doing was probably like not smart or like good (laughs) of me, you know. But like it was, I had no idea what could really come from it. Like I I didn't know. And at the time, like pain pills were like, it wasn't so hugely talked about yet. Like, you know, and so eventually I remember being in class and over the intercom, it was starting to get out of hand in our school. Okay. And I remember them saying how hard it is to get off pain pills and like just some of the bad stuff that came with it. And I remember sitting there being like, oh no. Are they talking to me? Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I need to, I need to stop. And so I tried stopping, and that's when I was like, I couldn't stop. Like, yeah. But I didn't know what was going on. I just was like, oh, I need to stop. And then nothing happened. I just didn't end up stopping. And that's when I was, I was hooked on it. How old were you when you took that first pill and that friend? I gave was, that to you? I was seventeen. You were seventeen years old. Yeah. Okay. It's probably so almost eighteen around there. Yeah. Right. And then so from that point forward you just continued doing the pills yeah and that's what i'm saying it's my personality like when i do something i'm i just like dive into it Mm -hmm. and unfortunately you know well you know and for those listening that's a pretty common thing for people who become drug addicts or alcoholics is that a lot of them have this all or nothing mentality yeah absolutely which can be a good thing if it's directed in the right direction yes absolutely but very destructive (laughs) in the wrong direction in the wrong direction Uh so did did anyone know um i guess when did when did things start to unravel and when did maybe people start noticing something was up with you yeah so i always uh this is like a blessing for me but my parents i smoked weed for my first time when i was like a senior. this is right around the same time as all this yeah i got caught my first time ever smoking weed by my parents really and in a way biggest blessing for me because it let my parents know right away that like I was kind of starting to dabble with this stuff yeah and then you know from there they caught me again with like uh pills and stuff like so like I was getting caught like right off the bat and I look <laughs> back on it and I was uh-huh. just like this was that was meant to be like because my parents like just having them know and understand what's going on like it just it made it I think easier for them to like kind of be there for me from the start right but but then but obviously at that point you weren't like i'm you know, no I'm snorting, no snorting you know, yeah 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 opiates. it was yeah i wasn't stopping that's for sure i had zero desire to stop well actually I, I shouldn't even say that like part of me wanted to right like i was yeah. like i don't want this now but the other part of me was i i don't really care you know you know the addiction works it just like changes how you think yeah. and the process of everything yeah and uh yeah and then you know and then eventually it you know, it progresses, everything progresses with it. Like, it's, yeah. And then, you know, next thing, you know, I'm like doing oxys, like, and then higher milligrams of oxys. And then I'm smoking it off tinfoil. And, you know, and the second I went to tinfoil, like smoking it was, yeah. that was like the second I really noticed my life to like go spiraling. Down. How many years later was that when you That started? was probably not even a year. Not even a year later. Yeah, so within a year, year, you're now smoking yeah. it off mm-hmm. tinfoil. So yeah, keep going. Like what did this yeah. all lead up to and how? Yeah. And so then I, um, uh, yeah, the second I was like smoking them, 
and then at that time too, uh, pain pills were starting, like oxys were starting to become very expensive, like on the streets. Um, I never wanted to be a drug dealer. I knew that right away. Yeah. Like, you know, I do it sometimes here and there, but right. it was something I knew if you get caught for that, you really get in trouble versus just kind of being an addict and getting yeah. caught. Yeah. And so I, sure. <laughs> I could like, yeah, like I knew that in my head. So I was like, I would rather just be like copying like an addict. And so, and, and another reason for that was I, I didn't like it at a point it got to where I was just, I hated who I was. I didn't understand what was going on. And I would like... I liked spending all of my money on it because I was hoping that it would like tell me like, look what you're doing. Look how much money you are spending. Yeah. But it never stopped. Right. I mean, I just spent every single penny I had on it. Yeah. Like I just worked so hard to have all this. It just, the second I get any money, it was just gone, gone. So when, I mean, obviously you're, it's, you're in your addiction at this point. Does family know about this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So my family knows and uh, my poor family, like they just, you know, they love me to death. Like they just want me to be okay. And I just, I couldn't figure it out. I I could not figure it out. And yeah, it got to a point like I didn't go on a, uh, I didn't go right out of high school to play college basketball because I wanted to try to serve a mission. Okay. (laughs) And so like, obviously that didn't work out. So then I had to take a year off. And so that's where I really went downhill is right out of high school. I had this year gap where I was doing nothing with my life really, but like chilling in my hometown. And I just was right back with, you know, hanging with the wrong crowd. Same people. people, Yeah. And so after that, I reached out to some of the schools that, you know, have talked to me and stuff or offered me scholarships. And then I, went out got it and i went and tried out for him to try to see if i could get a scholarship again yeah. you know and I, at, during this time too i was not playing basketball anymore i just weren't practicing nothing, nothing. Yeah. yeah i just like gave up everything yeah and so i i got clean for maybe a week and a half two weeks i went down tried out at like three schools and all three of them gave me scholarships it was like oh, a wow. it was a blessing like it was just so weird like for not ever touching a basketball for a long time again yeah. and so i did i played at a school in washington and that was really exciting to me i was like hey this is a fresh start i was like i'm gonna go down here and I'll, I'll, i'm gonna start completely over i'm just nobody knows who i am so like i can just be who i want now yeah got down there um my neighbor the second I'm moving in comes over and brings up having pain pills and drugs on them. The, the second I got there, the day I got there. Wow. And the amount of times that's happened to me is insane. You know, and this is important because I think <laughs> let's, let's don't, we're going to get right back to that. Yeah, you're but fine. It's almost like, like, why do people come and ask me to do drugs? I'm putting out this frequency, this energy yeah. that people can read. Like we really do. Everyone listen to this. We put out a frequency. Like if I if I'm thinking negative thoughts, I don't have to say a word. People know that I'm uh, negative. They can just feel it. Yeah. So it's almost as if they could sense yes. that this is the kind of kid yeah. you were, right? Yeah. And even my friends will bring that up. Like, cause it's happened to me here, like multiple yeah. times. And my <laughs> friends are like, "How does that happen to you?" They're like, "I've never no. This is doesn't happen to yeah. any of us." And it is weird, like, cause I don't, you know, I don't even feel like I fit the part, right? Right. But like, I will get that all the time still. Sometimes people will come up to me and just like randomly do that. But yeah, it's so interesting. And so that was right out the gate when I got there. 
Um, I held off for a little bit. That weekend, my roommates threw a big party. I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. I was still like really trying. I was like, I'm yeah. gonna, I got this. And uh, I actually, there was a kid that was like underage that got so drunk. I rushed him to the hospital. He almost mm. died. Oh, wow. So it was like, it was really cool that I was like the only sober one. Yeah. And like, I look back on it now and I was like, man, it was like really lucky I was sober and I didn't drink that night. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then I remember, uh, I was doing well for a little bit and then I remember my teammates and stuff that like, we're, we're all just like athletes are pretty big partiers. Like a lot of people, like yeah. they just go hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, uh, and, uh, pretty you know, common. I think they were a little afraid of me because they thought I was like a really good kid. I didn't drink and they, they, I think they were afraid I would like maybe snitch on them, tell on them. Right. Yeah. So they were a little more distant from me right away, which and, and it sucked because I was like, oh, if only you knew. Like, if only you knew what I was yeah. really like. And at this kinda. point, you're not sharing that, hey, I no, used to no. be addicted uh-uh. to opiates. No, okay. yeah, I'm keeping it a secret because I was like, I just want to be different now. Like, yeah. I wanted to be this person. And they, yeah, they, it was just like I could tell they weren't, like, connecting with me. Mm-hmm. And so then there was a party, and I went with this kid to it where all my teammates would be. And I remember, like, being like, okay, like, I'll show you guys like that you can trust me like type of thing. Almost, yeah. You know? like, again, like you wanted to fit in. Yeah. So yeah. To speak, to- right? Yeah, totally. And yeah, I remember I just do what I do and you know, like the next day it was like an instant click for me. Like all of them were like laughing so hard. They had like videos of me, you know, it was like, yeah. And then like, it was just, I hit it off with all of them and then become like very close with them. And then, but for me, I knew that was the start of the second I do it. I'm right back in it again. And that's how it was. I just started partying all the time, smoking weed every day. And then I went through like a cocaine phase there for a while. And, you know, it's just doing all of those things. Like, and being an athlete, like you can't do it. Like, I remember I was in practice and, um, yeah, it was just, it was when I was starting to use cocaine for a while. And, uh, yeah, just doing all all the running, like so much, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's just, it, it, it like wasn't working out for me. My body was shutting down on me, you know, it was like passing yeah. out, like, yeah. and yeah. And then I just stopped going to classes. I just, I stopped doing every, I just stopped caring about anything, you know, it was mm. like, and then, yeah, eventually I, yeah, I like failed out, lost my scholarship, moved back home, um, and then, yeah, that's like where, and then I just went back home. And so, well, uh, part of that story I want to maybe touch yeah. on is going back to like when you said, Hey, I'll show you guys, you mm. can trust me. Yeah. And really what, again, I think this is a big thing for people listening to this is how bad we want to fit in. Yeah. Like we want to feel like people <clears throat> like us Absolutely. so much that we will do things that go against our, our, why we're here and our and our characteristics and our nature, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, do, did you? I mean, obviously you probably didn't notice it in the in the moment, but again, that's what I'm hearing. Isn't that what was going on? Is like you really wanted these kids yeah. to go, "Hey, I'm part of you. We're we're, yeah. we're teammates. We're this and that. I can. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, and especially like going to a completely new place, right? I know nobody. I don't know one person there. Like I'm just like a random new person in a new yeah. state. Like uh, I think, and you know 
I think probably it's worse for people that are like people pleasers and yeah. I'm a, I can totally be a people pleaser. Like <laughs> I don't like when people don't like me and yeah. I just, you know, and I, I truly love everybody. So like, that's an issue for me is cause I like people so much yeah. that when someone doesn't like me, it like hurts me so bad. Yeah. And so I, I got to be careful with that. And I like sure. realize it now sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so like at the time it was, it was just something I knew I wanted with them. Like I was like, I want that like connection. I want that friendship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't have anybody here yeah. and, and like, I want that with you guys and I want you to be able to trust me cause I'm not going to tell on you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I felt like it was like my way of showing them like, see, like I ain't going to snitch on you. Like, yeah. I, you know, I can do this stuff too. And as you as you get back into it, and, you know, and you're back heavily back into it, mm. did you ever like? Was there thoughts where you're like, "Man, what am I doing?" Yeah. Like why? Yeah, I should have just stayed the course that I was on. Did, did you mm. ever have that those thoughts or feelings yeah. in those moments? Yeah, those thoughts those thoughts would always come up. Like especially at this time because I was starting to really see how it was affecting my life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just it was weird how it all happened. And then, you know, I think my teammates started noticing a little bit, right. They're like, what this kid's doing cocaine? Like, you know, like my teammates weren't doing that stuff. <laughs> like yeah, uh, you went from not doing anything to yeah, like, Oh, yeah. Clear and over then, here. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I'm getting <laughs> pills and stuff yeah. too. I'm just getting whatever I can. Like, um, and so, yeah, they, you know, I think they even started noticing kind of like that. I was like a little different with things. Like I kind of just, there's no ending for me. It was just kind of, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, uh, you know, they're, they're awesome kids. Like I have, you know, they're sweet. They're so good to me. And, but you know, it it is weird being in that atmosphere because it's like, it's hard to care about anything or like, you don't see how, how detrimental it can be for people's lives. Right. Yeah. Right. And and unless you kind of experience or see people go through it and then it's like a whole different ball game. Like now it's like, for me, it's like, if I, if a kid's wanting to try to drink, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I get you want to try it, but you don't know what can come from it either now. Yeah. Like, you have no idea. I mean, this could be the downfall of your life, like, just yeah. from drinking, right? For sure. And it's so weird to me that that's how it can be for people, and that's how it was for me. Like, just all it took was, like, pretty much one time trying something, and I was in love with it. I didn't want to stop. Yeah, and think of the road it took you down. Yes. Because, like you said, you don't see that, obviously, in the beginning. Uh-uh. It's like, and, and that's why why it's important that you and people like you are sharing their stories. Hopefully, someone listening to this will go, you know what? I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah. I am not going to do that, you know, kind of thing. And so, um, so anyway, you continue using. Yeah. It gets out of control. Yep. Do you end up losing yeah, the lost, scholarship. Yeah, so lost, talk about that. Yeah, so I lost my scholarship. And when I lost my scholarship, I just rem- it was like over Christmas break. I was back home visiting family. We were on like a break from basketball. I remember my coach called me, and um, yeah, he he told me, and I just remember I just bawled my eyes out. Sure. It was something I worked so hard for, so yeah. hard. I put every single bit of my heart and effort into basketball, and to just see that slip out of my fingers, and I knew what it was from too. Like that's what was hard for me. Yeah, I knew it was my addiction. And instead of it making me go probably the opposite way of like being wanting to change, mm-hmm. it just devoured me and made me feel so bad and awful yeah. that I was just like, screw it. This is what I am now. Like kind of, you know, like I, this is, I'm, I'm better at this apparently, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. wow. so yeah. <laughs> and then, so I just, yeah, just started using harder. And then I told myself I would never touch a basketball again. And I don't think I did for 
probably two years after that. Really? Yeah, a year and a half. Like, I went a long time without even touching a basketball because it just, like, hurt me so bad. Because you were hurting so bad. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't even, like, accept what just happened. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. Well, because, again, basketball was your passion. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you're obsessed with it. You were all in. Yeah. You practiced. You worked your butt off. You got these – I mean, even though you were still struggling, you you earned these scholarships, and then you lose it. Yeah. And now, now what? Yeah. Now what? Who yeah. are you now? Yeah. Because exactly. I would imagine, you know, I bet your identity was I'm a basketball player. Yes, Is for that fair? sure. And that's what I think most people knew me for. I was always like a kid, carry basketball around everywhere yeah. I went. Like everybody knew I was obsessed yeah. with it. So what led to you finally? deciding to to clean up your life and get back on track did something happen or was it the loss of scholarship or was there other things that happened yeah so i i I had a high school sweetheart and awesome girl amazing like uh she was like first girlfriend i've ever had (laughs) i like don't date people so like (laughs) like yeah she was uh and she was awesome i've known her since like forever she like grew up she was like pretty much my neighbor i had like a big farm but she was like just a couple fields away from me yeah uh and yeah, so I was dating her my senior year. We started dating. Um, she obviously started seeing my addictions play roles and things. Like um, it just started kind of getting out of hand. And I think she could see it. Like I overdosed one time, almost died. And mm. so she was like seeing some of the side effects of like yeah. what was going on. But, you know, she also was very naive, didn't understand it right. You know, like yeah. most people probably shouldn't, you know, <laughs> like they just yeah. don't know what's going on when they're like younger. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, so we like broke up for a while. She went to college somewhere. I was doing my thing. And then we ended up getting back together, coming back. Um, and then I remember I was, I've always loved acting for some reason. It was like a passion of mine. I yeah. love entertainment. Anything right. that deals with just like yeah. just people and stuff and just like making <laughs> someone laugh, whatever it is. And I remember I was like, I'm going to get into acting. So I like looked something up. I'm in Idaho. Keep this in mind, right? There's like nothing in Idaho. Like, so I like go to this little acting thing, just like in this rundown <laughs> building. And I sign with this agency and they send me just national casting stuff. Like, and so I remember I hopped on there and I saw this like description and it was like, are you feeling lost in your life? Like it had this description pretty much just explaining everything how I was feeling. Yeah. And so I remember they they asked to like write kind of what you're going through, blah, blah, blah. I remember I was like writing and I wasn't doing it to truly apply for it. I was doing it almost therapeutically. Yeah, it's like you're dumping yeah. your soul out. Yeah, I was it. just dumping my soul out into it because I was like, man, this really hits for me. And I was just like, just pretty much being so honest about how, like how I'm feeling, what's going on with me. And anyways, and then I get a call from LA and they're like, hey, uh, we want to interview you real quick. And I thought it was just all a scam. So I was just kind of like going with it, like for fun. Cause I was like, it's a scam. Like I'll just like yeah, kind of right. like mess with them. Did an interview and they're like, Hey, I really liked you. I'm going to push you through to the next interview. Um, and then I talked to another girl and then like another person. And then they're like, Hey, we're going to do a Skype interview with you. I did a Skype interview. And then after that, she was like, we're going to fly you to LA. And I was like, what like, i was Whoa. like maybe this is real yeah like and then sure enough they bought me a plane ticket i flew it was like my and at this time i'm 21 or 22 21 uh-huh. i've never even flown on a plane yet so right. it was like all this was so new to me and i'm flying down to la 
um, I go, they put me up in this hotel, this nice hotel. And then I go in this room with the casting director and she's like, okay, hey, what you're going to do is you're going to walk in this room. Uh, there's a chair in the middle mm -hmm. and you're just going to sit there and they're just going to ask you questions. And so I was like, okay. So I like open the door and there's like 30 people and they're all the like, you know, the like the big high up people that are yeah, like doing wow. everything and then there's cameras and lights intimidating huh? yeah and so like <laughs> i like you like walked in i started like laughing and i like it went great though like i did really good um and i think they just kind of wanted to see how we handled like being on camera a little yeah. bit and yeah and then next thing i know i'm like flying to panama city and surviving on an island for a month and I've never been to the ocean. I've never been to the beach, like, and I've never been out of the country. So like all of a sudden wow. I'm just like, and it happens so fast. And at that time, like I was using still, still using, yeah, still yep. using all the way up till I, the second I was pretty much on that Island. And so I like, you know, I was doing like pills and stuff. And so it wasn't smart because then when I was on the Island, I was withdrawing and withdrawal. Yeah. And nobody knew this. Right. So this was like, something that was suck because i was really going through a lot of like extra pain and problems like out there Dang, yeah um but once i kind of went through them and i was starting to feel okay again i remember being like man this is great i didn't i remember not like a, as bad as i wanted to leave i remember being like i don't want to go home because the second i know i go home back into i'm it. back into this and this is the clearest my mind's felt in like years yeah and I was just starting to see things better. And I had like such, it was like crazy. It was just like a complete shift for me when I was out there yeah. as far as mentally. And, you know, I, I, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to marry my girlfriend when I get back. And then that will also help. Right. I was like, I'll get married. I start fresh and it will just like all these things will just sure. help me. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I got home, asked her to marry me. Um, we got married and Second, I got home though. I used, I think, within like a day or two. Wow. So, what did she say? Like when you asked her to marry her, uh, did she say, oh, you know, you need to be clean. You can't be using. No, was there any of that, or is she just kind of caught yeah, in the moment? Just yeah, kind of. I think in the like she doesn't really know what's going on. Right. I'm lying a lot too at this time. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, it was you know I I knew what I you know we become master manipulators right like yeah with everything I just I knew how to portray myself as a, a certain way to yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. like unfortunately but uh yeah and so then we we get married and I, I start using again I'm like sneaking a little bit uh and then I like stop for a little while and I'm like okay I'm done we buy this house and as I'm going to the house there's a neighbor outside and he was one of my old drug dealers he lives right next door to me yeah and and the my first interaction with him was he, he came up to me and said, "Hey, if you need anything, I got you." My first interaction, I was like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "Oh my gosh, like what? How does this happen to me every time?" And I told him, I said, "No, I'm good, man. Like I'm done with that. I don't want that anymore." Um, at the time, she was trying to be a nurse, so she was doing yeah. CNA stuff. So okay. she worked nights. Yeah. So for me, it was hard, right? I'm in this house alone every night, and yeah, it was just over a couple you know didn't take long for my mind to just that's all it was thinking about every night it was like i can just literally walk over there get whatever i want now yeah and Dang. yeah that's and then it's right back in it and yeah and then it switched from 
you know, oxys to heroin and I was doing heroin and, um, and you know, a big switch is like, you know, the cost of it, right? Like pricing. That's and, why people do yeah, it. Yeah. They switch. It's almost a hundred percent. People mm-hmm. go from oxys to heroin yeah. every time. Yep. Every time. Yep. It's just, it's like, it's what's the point? And it's, it's similar highs, right? And it's, yep. so yeah, it, was, it just switched over and, um, yeah, heroin obviously just, my life just kept going. Were you smoking hurt. it or shooting just it Smoking up? it. Yeah. Smoking mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I I did know well enough. Like if if I shot, I I just know myself, and I was like, I don't think I'd ever come out of that. Mm-hmm. I just kind of always put that in my head. Like the second you do that, you're done. Like, um, but yeah, and then it just you know, and the sad part is like our marriage is great. Like we were best friends. I got along with her so well. Um, just it was just my addiction. Yeah, it it was that was it. Like I For just sure. felt like we were. I could just. I was all over emotionally and like, I could never, I don't know. And yeah, eventually I told her, I checked myself into a rehab, you know, my family was like, Hey, you got to do something or you're going to lose your marriage. Yeah. And at the time she was my everything. And so I just wanted to, I didn't want to lose her. Um, checked myself into a rehab. It was a Renaissance Renaissance Ranch, actually. Okay. Uh-huh. But it was one in Idaho. Yeah. But the guy from here, I think, started one yeah. down there. Jason yep. Coombs. Yep. I don't know if you know him. Awesome yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I went there, and you know, it was it was awesome rehab. Gr- I love rehab so much. They're the, <laughs> like, I I wish I could just go to them all the time because I the amount I learned how much time you get to focus on yourself. Like I tell people this all the time. I'm like, like people that get to go to rehabs, it's like, you're so lucky because nowhere in life do you have the ability to just have this time to where just concentrate just, on you. Yeah. That's it. That's all you do it's is amazing. you, just, you yeah. just focus on yourself and you learn so much about yourself. Yeah. And I've always loved that because that was something I just, I didn't really know. I never understood myself well enough. And yeah. It taught me everything I needed to know as hard as it was. Like I learned about addiction. Finally, I understood it. I was like, I'm not different. A lot of people are experiencing everything I'm experiencing. And you know, that helped just knowing that I wasn't alone. So was your wife supporting you? Yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I was doing my thing. Um, eventually I was there, I think six months, seven months. And, uh, I got, I relapsed a couple times in there. I made it like three months relapse. Um, made a little while relapse. And then I, the last time I relapsed was with another client and that client told on me mm. and I got kicked out. It was like one of the one rules, yeah. right? You can't yeah. use with other clients. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was dumb of me. I'm like, yeah. I look back, I was so sad, yeah. but cause I loved it. Um, and then when I got kicked out, she didn't know cause I was doing, um, outpatient. So I was still living with my yeah. wife, but, oh, uh, okay. So then I didn't tell her I got kicked out. So, cause I was so scared to tell her Yeah. and I, I wanted to get help. So I was like, I'm going to go, I'm, I got to get back into a place somewhere. And I was trying to f- find another place, you know, they're, they're expensive. It costs a lot. I didn't have like, you know, I didn't have any of these like resources to where I felt like I could even get the help I needed and, or probably knew what I was doing. Right. And yeah, so she didn't know about it. And then I started using again and then I was like lying to her where I was going. Right. I would be like, Hey, I'm going to class <laughs> or I'm going here. Yeah. <laughs> I was really just going out and using. Um, and yeah. And then there was just, I, this was like the, 
this is where everything shifted for me in my life. I It was Christmas Eve. We went to a movie with my family. We came back. And when we came back, I had a friend put drugs in my mailbox so that I could have when I got home. So I got home. <clears throat> she went in another, like, to get ready for bed and stuff. And I went in another bathroom. And I snuck out, grabbed the drugs, went in the bathroom there. And I was using. Uh I found this out later on from her. She was in the bathroom and she had this like crazy feeling to grab a key and come and unlock my door. Um, and she unlocked the door on me using and mm. her scene. It was just like, it was like a, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just so yeah. Traumatic. The look that we just like stared at each other. And um, that was just like a, a tipping point for me. And the, and the worst part is I had zero feelings. Like I remember not caring. I, I couldn't cry. I didn't even care. Like, and that's when I knew I was like, Hol- I have, I didn't even yeah. feel like I have a soul. Yeah. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something is wrong yeah, with me. Wow. Like I just remember like I wanted to cry. I wanted to feel these feelings and I didn't have any feelings. Like I was just numb. So numb. And she, you know, locked herself in the room, called my family my brothers came and picked me up and I remember driving home and I was going to just open the door and just jump out because I was just like, I just felt like I, I was just screwing everything up. All I, I just felt like such a, a burden to everyone. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but right before all of that happened, I remember saying a prayer and I, you know, I wasn't, you know, it, religious at this time or anything i didn't even know if god was true i was just kind of all over the place with everything i mean yeah and i said a prayer i had the this was the next day so the day before i had a cousin that i've i've met maybe a couple times and i remembered he was a recovering addict and he reached out to me and just sent me i don't even know how he got my number he sent me like a scripture verse and it like really hit for me. And then I remember thinking, Oh, I remember my family telling me he was like a a recovering addict, like you use forever. So I told him like, Hey, I like need help. I can't remember what I texted him back, but he called me, talked to me on the phone and I kind of told him what was going on. Um, and in my prayer though, the only thing I asked God was said, I said, I need something to happen and I don't know what, yeah. And then that next day was when all of that happened. Oh, wow. The next day, all that happened. And I, I just lost her. I moved, I moved in with my parents. She came over, told me, Hey, I'm going to divorce you. It was just crazy. It, it was so much for me. I couldn't even like yeah, man, I, bear it. And, uh, dang. yeah. And then, you know, so I'm, you know, and then he knows what's going on. He's like, Hey, I can get you. He worked for a rehab. So he was like, I can get you in to rehab for free. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to come pick you up in three days. And, uh, yeah, it was just it was crazy. And then, you know, next thing you know, I was, you know, and then I, and then I had this point where I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to just kill myself. I was like, I'm going to overdose. Um, because I'm just sick of this. I just, I can't handle this. And the second mm-hmm. I just felt like I lost her, it was like, I lost everything. I have no yeah. purpose anymore is what it felt like. And yeah, so then I, I like even went out, bought drugs. I was gonna shoot them up, and then I had just like an urge to. I was like, one more time, we'll try one more time. 
And when I went back down there, uh, or when I went to rehab, he came and picked me up. I remember praying to God and I said, okay, God, I'm going to do everything that everybody's ever told me to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read scriptures. I'm going to do all these things to prove to you that you're not real. You don't exist. You're not here for me. It was like my way of being like, if, if you're not here for me now, then I'll know that this is, yeah. there's no point in me being here anymore. Right. Like I'm just, there's no point. The second I, and I told myself, I was like, if I do it, I'm going to do it legit. Yeah, right. I put my whole heart into it. I was reading scriptures all day. I would pray like 12 <laughs> times a day right. and uh, just instantly. So it was amazing. It, it was the craziest experiences of my life. And I like look back on that and I was just still like blown away by that. And I remember after having all this, these crazy experiences for me, uh, I remember like praying to God, just being like, I can never, uh, I can never deny you again. You know, like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like, uh, sorry <laughs> no, you're, don't be sorry you're good yeah it was just that it was just like a really cool experience for me you know and wow. and i feel lucky because a lot of people don't have those experiences with it like you know that yeah. that dramatically right. with it you yeah, know and like right and that's where sometimes i feel blessed like going through so much hard things sometimes you do have such a better way of looking at life or seeing these truly big blessings that happen for you you know and that's kind of what it was like for me like my my faith in god is so strong and you know, and I, yeah, it's just, I feel lucky to have that. Cause you know, a lot of people don't have those experiences or, you yeah, know, they just, right. And so, yeah, it was such a, it brought me back to God and restored, like just having a relationship with him. And, uh, yeah, it's game changer for me. It's like really been good. And I noticed the second when I stopped turning to him and, you know, doing some of those things I know that helped me, yeah. uh, I noticed my life drastically changing. That's an amazing story. Um, I can relate to it on so many levels and a lot of people listening to this can to totally relate with you on that. I mean, addiction is no joke. It, uh, it takes everything from you. Mm -hmm. You know, your love of basketball, your, your, your wife, eventually that had to go away. I mean, and I could see why you got to that point where you don't, I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. That's tough. And I feel for you, but you, you know, you even said it, we said it in the beginning that the, all of this has been such a big blessing at the oh, same time, yeah. as hard as it's been, you can see it now as that you're grateful for it, correct? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, and that's what I love. Like, it, and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, man, like anybody who's going through a really hard time, I, I, I try to tell them this because I, I truly feel this way, but mm -hmm. like in the moment, yes, it may feel like the end of the world, like nothing will change or get better, but it could be a year from now, whatever this moment, this experience, depending on how you handle it. Yeah can literally be the biggest blessing for you in your entire life. The amount of knowledge you can learn from it or, you know, just, yeah. and for me, I mean, it just, I, I would not be who I am today without yeah. these things because right. it just changed how I view humans in general. I look yeah. at every single person now so different. Yeah. Like I have, I cannot judge someone at all anymore. Like yeah. it's weird. Like I just, I, I like everybody's going through so much and yeah. I just realizing that now and knowing that so many people can change and overcome stuff because you see it all the time in rehabs, right? Like yeah. you're seeing these broken people that you feel like, you know, that, that people look at and 
with such negative thoughts all the time when you're seeing them on the streets, you're seeing yeah. them wherever and people are just viewing these people in this negative light constantly seeing one of those people come out of it and become this amazing person that has yeah. like so much potential. It, it restores so much faith in humanity, right? You're like, For sure. everybody has the ability to just be this amazing person if they want to. Yeah. And you know, it yeah. might, you know, sometimes it does happen or whatever, but like everybody has it in them. I feel like, yeah. And so that's, I don't know, I just love that. And that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautifully said. It kind of goes with the question I was going to ask you anyways, but I'm still going to ask it. Yeah. If there's someone right now, Dakota, listening to your voice, they're listening to this story of yours and they're struggling and they're in a dark, dark place, what could you tell them right now that would help them? Obviously what you just yeah. said was beautiful, but what could you add to that? Yeah. To that one person? Yeah. I feel like, man... To just remember that for me, it's, I, I have these moments still like where I'll have these really dark moments and it, and it happens to me frequently sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I really have to focus on understanding myself and what's going on. But yeah. just when I'm in those dark places to remember that it's not permanent, it doesn't have to permanently be that way. Like eventually things can get better and it yeah. will get better. Yeah. And just having that mind frame of knowing that, like, don't, don't give up on it. Don't give into it and think this is just it. This is how my life's going to be this feeling or this place that I'm in. No, like you can, you can literally change that at any time. Like you can work towards these things or you can get out of that place and you can become a happy person. You can become, you know, a great person. Yeah. And I think just knowing that, that you have to just have, some form of you know belief in yourself that you you're a good person everybody is everybody has it in them like yeah. don't don't be so hard on yourself and yeah. you know because that's you know i do that a lot i'm really really hard on myself and you know i struggle with self-love and different things like that but i don't know just you have to just make sure you know that that life can be great you can have yeah. a good life and you can get out of that dark place it's not permanent yeah Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for that advice. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. yeah. Your story's incredible. Uh, like I said, very relatable to me because of basketball. Yeah. That's crazy. Losing that. that. Yeah. It's interesting. That's we wild. have kind of similar story. Uh -huh. But uh, but those listening, you know, addiction is no joke. Um, this is one of the reasons why I do this podcast is I want people who are struggling to go get some help. And no matter where you go and if, if someone wanted to reach out to you, Dakota, and ask you a question or yeah. get some advice from you, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Yeah, you could, uh, my Instagram is Dakota underscore Mortensen, um, and DM me. And the cool thing, I do mm -hmm. TikTok and different things like that <laughs> for fun. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I've, I love trying to post like funny content, make people happy a little bit. And then I like posting, you know, about recovery stuff. And so, you know, I just posted some recovery things and they've done really well on TikTok and I'll get messages all the time yeah. and it, I love it. I enjoy it. It's, this is, this is everything that I want. I love truly helping people. I want to be there for people. So never feel like you're, you know, disturbing me or yeah. being a burden to me. Maybe sometimes I take a little bit to get back to you, but I, I truly love it. And if anybody needs anything from me, like, yeah, reach out to me and I'll help you in the best way I can. Yeah, you know, I'd I love, love to that. be there for you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Love that. And, and I, yeah, I encourage you guys to reach out to him and ask him a question. If you, if you're struggling or if you have a friend or a family member 
who's maybe in a dark place, reach out to Dakota yeah. and ask yeah, him a question. Absolutely. And I'll put uh, your contact information yeah. in the show notes so people will be able to link right to it once we go live. And uh, But yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for yeah. some, taking some time to come share your story oh, with man. us. Yeah, thank you. I Like I said, I truly feel so lucky to even be here and you know, so I thank you for giving yeah. me this opportunity. This is awesome. Hundred percent. No, yeah. uh, best of luck to you, and anything I can do to help you mm-hmm. in your future, you please let me know. And uh, so, everyone for tuning in, thank you as always. I love you guys. If you have a friend or a family member struggling, send them a link to this episode, and let them listen to to go to story because it will be very inspiring, and if if anything, relatable. Um, and that's what I love about your story because I think people can relate with the struggle. Like you said, everyone's going through something. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be addiction. No. But this this will still resonate on those. So please reach out to them. Share this with everybody. Thank you for all the support and the love and the and the good reviews and mm-hmm. you know and subscribing and all that. You guys are just so fantastic. And and to my sponsors one last time, thank you. You guys are amazing. Again, the music you're listening to at the beginning and ending of this is by Paul Cardall one of my heroes he's he's probably the best pianist in the world and i love him so anyway dakota you're the best thank you for your time today man i appreciate it thank you okay there you go folks till next time (laughs) 